Hey, welcome to About That Life Podcast. I'm Coach C. Collins. Coach MJ, GGT. And we are here to talk basketball, AAU talk, and life talk, and everything in between. We are on episode 13, and thank you for those who've been supporting. Uh, keep seeing the downloads uh, going up and up, and our subscribers going up and up. Um, it's really appreciated, and we appreciate everybody out there supporting. Um, Got to do a few quick shout-outs um, in the beginning, simply because uh, me and Mark and Ty were just talking about it. Um, we've had a few people donating uh, equipment to help us out with our uh, video for the show. Uh, so we definitely want to send our thanks out to those who've been doing that. Been having a few actually uh, subscribe on the Patreon, and that's been helping out a lot too. So, again, we're going to keep trying to get this thing rolling uh, and, and keep great content coming to you because, uh, again, it's just all about getting the voice out there for everybody who – you know, wants to understand the AAU basketball world. He just wants the little information in general from a coach's perspective, a training perspective, and just, you know, it's just fun to talk about. So, again, thank you. Uh, please subscribe as usual. Uh, you can hit us up on our Instagram, which is um, uh, about that life podcast. You get me on personal Instagram, Hoopstar I am. Mark, you can tell them you got your GGT personal. basketball, right. MJ24. And remember, all the links for all of this will be in the description on the YouTube channel and on the uh, uh, Spotify, iTunes, all those descriptions will be here. So please, again, uh, thank you for your support, and uh, hopefully we bring you guys a good episode today. So uh, we are on episode 13, right? Congra Lucky number 13. Yeah, congratulations. Lucky number 13. <laughs> Lucky we, uh, number 13. we got enough views and enough people support that, that, that uh, we're able to stay around a little bit. So pretty excited about that. Um, today's guest is, is actually – a duo guest, which first. is new for us, right? This is going to be a first for us. Uh, well, Marcus doesn't have headphones, so he doesn't get to hear all the mm -hmm. great sounds. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, it, 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 this should be a really good one. Um, I get an opportunity to talk to somebody who's uh, been doing this a long time, uh, director of a program that's uh, – how long has your program been going? It's about six years now. Okay, good. So, yeah. you know, so someone who – clearly understands you know the game very similar to myself um but you you mainly coach on the women's side correct or, uh or men and women well okay men and women yeah. okay perfect yeah. so and i know a couple of your coaches too which is great so you know and uh mark has a great relationship with you guys so um i definitely want to get you guys out there so uh we have john right or gene am i saying this john, 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 john okay <laughs> and it's uh so marcus um Definitely, thank you. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Uh, first, let me give you guys a rundown of who they are, right? And then we'll get into the heart of everything. So, starting off, uh, John, he has our Gene. Sorry if I keep pronouncing your John, name wrong. John, John, he is the president and founder of uh, West Coast Impact. Um, it's a uh, pretty strong and well-known AAU program. I've seen your teams play plenty of times at Hardwood, and uh, I think they do a great job. Mainly, like I said, Taylor, since I know her, I see her coach a lot, especially at the practices. Give you guys a quick rundown of who he is. Uh, let's say, says, started learning the game of basketball at age 10 in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, moved to Puerto Rico and had an opportunity to represent Puerto Rico at youth international events. How, how was that? growing up out there how long did you live out there amazing actually um i have an interesting life when it comes down to that kind of stuff i was born in puerto rico my first year after that i was already in an airplane to barcelona spain wow. my dad was uh playing professional basketball um in spain and uh also 
conducting his uh, education over there. Nice. Um, so I had a chance to, my youth, um, really be able to live in a country that at the time was uh, not being, I mean, at the time was was not part of the democracy. So um, it was um, it was almost a fascist communist mm-hmm. country at the time. Um, and General Franco was the power in the country. And uh, uh, through time, I was able to see the transition of, you know, society um, really embracing freedom and embracing um, opportunities they happy for. And then after that, uh, my dad graduated from uh, University of Salamanca, Spain. I'm very proud of him. Uh-huh. He's the first. Uh, uh, he's the first person from the continent of the United States, from the continent of America, uh, North and South, uh, that actually graduated with a doctoral degree wow. in um, family law. Okay. Um, and uh, with that, he then came to Puerto Rico, was assistant general, attorney, uh, attorney general of Puerto Rico. Wow. Uh, so um, big, big name in law. Wow. Uh, in addition to also, he had an opportunity to Represent Puerto Rico internationally on basketball. So he was wow. he was a person I was always wanted to be, you know, follow up on yeah. and then uh, live in Puerto Rico for two or three years, um, and then uh, really got into basketball heavily when I was in Puerto Rico, and then eventually got me to the United States, where I had a chance to uh, play for. Back then it was not called prep school, but it kind of worked the same way. Okay, uh, Bishop High School out of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, and then eventually uh, went back to Puerto Rico and then came back to play college in the United States. So yeah, and I wanted, and I wanted to um, yeah. elaborate on that further because, yeah, sure. yeah it's a, you know, right here that you got your bachelor's of science and exercise uh, physiology. physiology. Yeah. yeah. And which is great. <laughs> you know, I, I like to reiterate that a lot on the show is, you know, people actually getting their education because right. essentially that's what me and Mark really talk about a lot is, you know, you're trying to receive a discount on your education. That's re- the reality of why you're attending college, right? So, or, you know, why you hopefully get a scholarship. You're just trying to get that that discount on your education. So I really like that, you know, yeah. we're seeing people actually apply some of those things. And then it says you served as the assistant basketball coach at Solano Community College, right? Right, right. you're yes. uh, in, in the men's program and assistant varsity boys coach at Davis High School. Right. All right. Nice. So, in that, where you were pretty much around that area yeah, for yeah, a while basically, now. I, I reside in Dixon, and um, uh, when uh, we move into the area, um, I was approached by certain people in the community. They kind of find out that who I was, and they said, "Hey, you know, can you come out and help the community and coach." Um, I really, I even tell my kids now to this day, when, when I used to play, I would tell my dad and I would tell my family and say, I would never be a coach. I would never be a coach. I mean, because I, through my life, I, I kept seeing how coaches kept being fired, you yeah. know, um, and, and it was all for business reasons, not yeah. because the coach was a bad coach. Yeah. Um, so I thought, I don't want to go through that. Trip. Yeah, you know? of course. And then eventually I said, you know what? I got, uh, my oldest one's not here today, but um, uh, he's first starting to basketball. Nice. Uh, and I said, you know what? what let me, I wanted to make sure that my kids got a good foundation in the game. Yeah. And so we didn't really see anybody around that could do that for them. Mm-hmm. And so I volunteer, started volunteering my time. And that's how I got into, you know, high school coaching and all that kind of stuff. Davis is five miles away from Dixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We got a chance to, I had a chance to uh, really uh, help a very good program there for the men's side. Uh, and then that got me right into college. And uh, and then, you know, from there I had a taste of that. Yeah. Back into high school again. And, you know, so 
that's uh that's how I kind of started into this uh coaching addiction right 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 no I mean, that's a great way to start i mean and then uh, also reading here it, it says you uh, uh had an opportunity to play pro overseas for a little while too right, uh, and right. How, how, was, how was that experience overall pretty solid i mean uh well it's it's, it's definitely uh definitely a business yeah um mm-hmm. and um it's definitely an opportunity that that i worked very hard for um back in i mean i didn't learn the game of basketball in this country uh, and I tell that to all my parents and all the players and all my friends. I learned the basketball in a different way. Um, I learned the basketball on a way of developing a specific skill set to then pull the best skill set together to those represent a specific country. Mm. That's 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 how basketball is being brought up or developed in the, in, in in Europe and in and, and everywhere else. You start thinking about it. Um, for me, I although I, you know, I remember when I was in Puerto Rico, we only um, we only had uh, you know cable was not as big, and so uh, we only had TNT, um, and I remember that they only televised the Atlanta Hawks games. Yeah, and so we didn't get a chance to really see the Lakers or anything like that unless they play against those mm-hmm. folks. You know, right. So for me, I grew up uh, watching uh, the players from or professional league. Um, and I grew up watching players from Spain and that's what we saw on TV. Yeah. And so, um, my goal, I mean, as soon as I saw that, I just mm-hmm. said, that's, that's what I want to do. That's, and my family, uh, my uncle, um, well, uh, you know, my, my, my dad's uncle was in the FIBA hall of fame. Wow. Um, and my dad, you know, representing my country was a unbelievable player, both in Europe and in Puerto Rico. And I wanted to. I wanted to feel that. I wanted to to experience mm-hmm. that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked hard for it. It was a big sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, and had a chance to do it, and did it for for about seven years. Nice, uh, solid. And, and then eventually, you know, you start getting, you know, you start have to understand it. You start getting traded. Um, new talent comes in. Uh, it's all about a business. You could be a still a great asset to a team, but that's not what they're looking for. And that's where I eventually. Thank God you mentioned about education because mm-hmm. that's where I was able to back up and say, okay, it's time to say that goodbye and go ahead and and utilize the education that I work for. Yeah, no, it that's makes big sense. And then, um, well, we'll obviously get into that more and more into yeah, the yeah, show because sure. I definitely sure. want to talk more and more about that. Um, and then want to talk about you, Marcus, right? Because you're here too. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mark, I'll lead yeah, you. Yeah, with. So, so Marcus, you know, like I said, when it comes to Marcus and, and, and coach Jopey, you know, I, I, they were, I, this is a funny story that I don't really share with a lot of people. I don't know if I even told you this. Well, so, share it on the internet. Yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So before I even get to Marcus, right. Cause this is at the end of the day, like, you know, you can say the way the universe, like we're here now where, you know, I, like I said, you guys know, I'm not from this area. My wife is from Dixon. Coach Jopi is from Dixon. I'm from San Diego. And I remember when I first moved out here before I was even really where, where GGT is at right now was during the early stages. And I remember when I was trying to get my name known first in the area and try to do camps, you know, I won't say any names, you know, but there was some politics and everything <laughs> like that. But, yes, but I remember where, I was, I remember getting a little negativity around the area, you know, who's, who's this kid from Southern California from the, you know, this, this Dixon, this is our town, you know, I remember I had my posters up around Danny's, you know, I got this GGT camp. Right. 
and I remember I get a phone call. I don't know what the number was. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm just like, hello? And it was Coach Jopey. I didn't know. I, we didn't know each other yet. But he was like, first thing that came out of his mouth was like, where you from? Where you at? Where? What? 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 What, uh, what city are you from? What's your background? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Who is, who is this? Like, you, do you need sessions? I was like, do you need a? You want me to train your son? Like, who is this? You know, like, just straight, just hammering me. Like, who are you? Where are you from? Where did you play at? Nice. So, so in the beginning, like I said, I was like, who are you? But as time went on, I realized, compared out of everybody who maybe didn't even want to talk to me or give me a chance, he actually just called. We you know we talked. You know, I remember we met up. You know, you met my wife and everything, and you just wanted to know, like, like, okay, like, what, what, what's your end game? Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, wanted to meet me, and 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 in a way, you know, getting to know you. I know, and maybe you kind of saw a little bit me of 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 you and me. You know, I was, you know, I'm still starting up. You know, in the passion, and that's one of the things that you know I, I definitely consider you uh, as a mentor. You know, especially like I said, coming to a small town, I don't know anybody. You know, for you to actually pick up the phone, you know, and be like, you know, who are you? This and that. You know that that gave me a lot of respect for you, you. You know, and then from there, you know, as I was building the community, you know, I meet his son, you know, and and mm-hmm. and with Marcus, you know, where where <laughs> where 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 he's at right now, um, you know, he's your track and field right? track, yeah. Right. yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, I know you said, you know, he's a uh, number six in the country, you know, when it comes to high jump, you know, yeah. what I'm saying he's an all American. Um, um, I know you've been traveling a lot. You got your net a lot. A lot of D1s, you know, want him for 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 what he does, you know, uh, on the track and field. But at the end of the day, what a lot of people don't know is, you know, when I met him, he was making that 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 crossover from 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 not playing any sports to now playing basketball, you know, and that's where it started before the track and field was, you know, training him and working with him. He's a late bloomer, you know, physically, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think when I first met you, you know, you weren't, well, you're like 6'4 now, and you was yeah. maybe like 5'11, 5'10, skinny. Yeah. Still skinny, actually. But, <laughs> but you know, athletic ability, jumps out the gym. You know what I'm saying? And I remember when we had that span where we were just, you know, working, because at the end of the day, you know, he does come from a basketball background family. You know, his dad was bred for this. <laughs> so for him, you know, to, to, to him and his family to trust me to work with Marcus, you know, during a time where he started getting more focused, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm really privileged because, like I said, Jelpy is, I know your background and who you are. You know the game. So for, for them to let me work with Marcus, and like I said, we had, there was a good spammer. You even got... Because uh, you didn't start playing basketball till your junior year serious at yeah. Dixon. Yep. You know, I remember your junior year, just blocking shots, you know what I'm saying? No handles, no jumper, you know, just rebounds and blocking mm-hmm. shots to your senior year where, okay, double doubles, mm-hmm. uh, all tournament team, you know, you got yeah. all tournament team one hey, time. You can make a career rebound yeah, and blocking shots. Right. But the jumper was starting to hit, you know. Yeah. I had him in the gym. I had him in the gym with MJ I, for one point, for one, one month straight, we were in the gym. And it just shows with hard work. You know what I'm saying? Inconsistency where that took him. But then the whole track thing, he's just so <laughs> dominant. Good. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous to where he's at. Like I said, he's what? I think now you're you're about to uh I know, I know what is it? You gotta get to seven foot to, to or six eleven to what? To 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 be ranked higher than what you are now or uh, six, how does that work? Six ten really be ranked higher than what mm-hmm. I am right now. Who, but who's number one? What what is seven one? Se- Okay, but <laughs> you know you can get that. Yeah, I fool around with stuff like that in practice. Like, oh, it's not okay. a problem to me. I just okay. It's kind of like dunking in practices. And yeah. Like, 
open gyms and just go out to the game and do yeah, it. Like, yeah. I know I could do it. I just got to yeah. get my opportunity. Yeah. Nice. So right. that's so that's amazing. And I know what, of course, you also, uh, uh, you got invited, right? Team USA, on Sir, t- Team uh, USA. U19. Nice. 20. 20. Two, oh, U20? So I got two years of it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Team that's USA. big time. Yeah, get to time. travel to, to Africa, everything. Wow. Take that'll tickets. Be, that'll first be an class, amazing all the good experience. Stuff. That yeah. will be an yeah. amazing experience for sure. I know. For you. It is. It is. I've always wanted to, like, get out of the country. I mean, I've been to Puerto Rico, but, like, mm-hmm. before this whole track thing, that's the only place I've been, like, <laughs> California, Puerto Rico. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really just where there's family, but now track, I've been Alabama, Texas, like. Nice. I'm getting ready to leave. I'm, hey, I'm hey. ready to go see what else is out there, man. Okay. Well, definitely, you know. Welcome both of you to the show. Let's get you the audience applauding, you know. So, no, thank you for being here. We appreciate you guys being here. So, let's get right into it, right? Let's ask a couple of our questions, right? This is this is for you, Coach. Um, how, long, uh, how long have you been doing AAU? You know, uh, kind of what have you learned between coaching men and women? Because, again, my experience, uh, the, it is a difference, right? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we'll probably talk more about those differences. You know, um, also, you know, kind of reflect on maybe your differences between coaching school ball and AAU ball, too. Right. Right. You know, and um, we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. So, Okay, AAU and me, uh, 18 years now, uh, all together. Um, I had an opportunity to start helping as a regular coach at a basketball club to become a board member of that club. Um on the boys' side, uh, I think what taught me everything uh, of how this game is played, this this business is run, uh, had to do through the Wildcats organization, NorCal Wildcats, which at one time um, started from being a combination of two different teams, I mean two different towns, and developed into a powerhouse for high school, um, where at one time, about four or five or six years ago, we had uh, we had amazing players, um, you know, when, you know, Marquise Chris, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we had, we had Josh Jackson. athletes, mm-hmm. Joe Jackson. We, had, I mean, we were, we were a nationally ranked AU program. Nice. Um, and through that, that, through, through, through those years, I learned the ins and outs of, mm-hmm. and if, if, what not to do and what to do in the future that I think would work or not work. And what I did is I basically implemented that into a girls basketball club. Nice. And um, what I would tell people is um, AAU, I would look at the two businesses, two business models. And, 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 and none of the business models are wrong. I want people to understand that. The first business model is you have a club that may have a lot of kids, um, and they're giving a lot of kids the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may have a very elite high school program. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking for boys and girls to be able to showcase them at NCAA, you know, showcase events. Yeah. Um, their 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 focus is to get them exposure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and go out to national tournaments and be able to do that. And not necessarily they need to spend too much time on teaching the game. Yeah, they already got players that are pretty good. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, then there's the other business model. The other business model is focusing that same mindset and put it into just a few group of kids mm. and be able to uh, develop those kids realistically. I think where, where, um, where people 
I think, and definitely around this area, when I talk to parents and I talk to other teams and club directors and so on, realistic expectations is what what I learned from trying to do this. Um, when when you know when when I select a girl or in the in, in the past I select a boy, I sat down with the parents. I always still do it to this day and give them a realistic expectation of how it's going to go. Good. This is not, and a lot of coaches and clubs fail to do that. And I think that's where you see the misunderstandings from the parents and the kids. And that causes them kids to jump ship yeah. and talk about, about your club. Right. When in fact, you didn't have a bad club. You just mm -hmm. didn't set the realistic expectations. Right. And so to me, West Coast Impact is it's a journey. It's not a come in and play quick fix, mm -hmm. let's go hop another team. Right. Um, there are teams that do that. And and I think that's great. I, I don't have anything against it. Um, it. We're just not that model, per se. First of all, we don't live in this area that have mm -hmm. so many kids. Mm -hmm. Although we have kids come from other areas, we focus more on trying to realistically tell this girl or a boy this is where we believe you could be heading, and this is a step process to do that. Your first year, you might want to come in, and you're probably thinking, well, I want to play, like, you know, the whole entire game. <laughs> of course. And, you know, the parents, and the, and the parents want to do that right. to happen because you're paying to play, right? right? So why not? But it, it is the duty of a director of that club or the coach of that specific team to really sit down with those parents and tell them, look, your first year is going to be – Playing time is going to be limited. That does not mean that you're not going to get better. Mm -hmm. The mindset in the United States about basketball and youth sports is the game, it's all. What they don't get, it's not the game. It's the practices. Yeah. It's how you do the practices. It's how you do the skill development. Mm -hmm. A kid is going to be able to go ahead and take and work on their move 100 times in a practice. Mm -hmm. In the game, even if that person starts. It's going to be able to be able to take that shot probably five times in the game. Yeah. So when you start really thinking about it, it is my focus that I tell the parents and the kids is your focus here to excel and improve at practice. The game is gravy. Mm -hmm. The people that believe on that are the ones that you tend to see improving, um, and the parents that have been. Uh, you know, with the club for a long time, have seen that happen. So I'm not in the business, and again, some businesses may want to get the very good elite players and have them roll the ball, mm. press the whole tire during the game, mm -hmm. and let's meet you in Arizona. Right. Okay? Right. In our sense, we want to go ahead and teach the kids what they potentially are going to be facing high school. Not everyone, even though we all want to, are going to be able to play in college. Yeah. So this dream about telling people, oh, you're going to come to this program, you're going to play in college, that's what gets me a little upset when it comes down to the directors. It's because they're, they're really telling the parents, you know, things that, that they just want to hear. And that's not realistic. Yeah. Um, and, and then in addition to that, you know, the journey comes into perhaps developing that player to be the best high school player they can be. And then we happen to have an avenue that we can go ahead and, Say, hey, if you want to go to college, we can work with you on that. So you asked me about AAU and 
what 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 people should be hearing is is they gotta understand the two business models. Right. And again, I will mm -hmm. emphasize because I'm very good friends with, you know, a lot of uh, directors that I have a lot of uh, respect. You know, Ken G. He and I go way back, yeah, 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 way yeah. back. Uh, you know, Ken's guy. been doing this a long time. Yeah, great. <laughs> I mean, he and I. I mean, some of the kids we, we we laugh sometimes because we see some of the kids we, we were coaching against each other, and I and now these kids are like. Almost getting married. It's like crazy. Um, and, uh, uh, but, you know, Sean Chambers. I had a chance to play with Sean, you know, in the NBA programs. And mm -hmm. he went overseas this way, went overseas that way. You know, Sean's got a great business model when it comes to that. My business model is just a little bit different. That's it. Um, and so, you know, I think I think what, what the rest of the, what I'm hoping is that the other clubs and other directors will spend more time with their parents as, you know, putting their realistic expectations. And I think that solves a lot of problems right from the beginning. I'm very good at bringing people back to memory lane. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I told you yeah. that your daughter was only going to play five minutes a game. Yeah. Okay, that was like three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you set the tone early. No, that's good. Yeah. So what would you say are some of the fundamental differences between school and AAU ball? Uh, absolutely. Okay, so, so uh, what I would tell you is I had the opportunity to – play high school in the East Coast and the West Coast. I will look at the country as approaching high school sports differently. In, in the East Coast, um, the coaching, the support is true, knowledgeable people that have been very experienced in the sport. And whatever you're in a public school or whatever you're in a private school, you're gonna see coaches that perhaps have college experience they wanted to just coach high school. Yeah. When you take that to the West Coast, okay, it's a different mindset, way different. Uh, you have high schools that um, basically are private and their coaching staff are is ridiculously good. I mean, they have college coaches, I mean, Marty Day, yeah. I mean, Bishop O'Dial, oh, yeah, yeah, on absolutely. and on and on. Yeah. You know, uh, Archbishop Mitty. You know, women's yeah, basketball, for absolutely. goodness sake. Like you say, you say U20 women's basketball <laughs> yeah. coach. I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. you can't go wrong with that. But then you start seeing, uh, uh, what I'm saying is, like you start seeing a change when it comes down to regular public schools. And that's where most of our kids are going to. So there's been a lot of coaches that have been able to put their time and effort on building a program at a high school level, public high school level, doing a very, very good job and doing it for hardly no money. That's mm -hmm. how they love of it. Yeah. Okay. They don't happen to be part of that staff or educational staff, uh, teaching staff. They're not part of the union of the school district. Mm -hmm. And all it takes, really, just by that, is the math teacher to raise his hand and says, I want that job now. Mm -hmm. So what that has done through history is really take the interest from people like myself and others to really put time and become head coaches of an organization in high school because you build it, build it, build it, and, and, all, and, you're, you you're, and you're not part of the school district, so you don't have really no defense to where a parent complaining mm -hmm. uh, or anything like that, and then it's easy to get rid of you. Right. So you're asking about the differences between high school and you know, club, club sports. The other difference is, um, I, I believe a lot of schools believe that, and their kids believe that playing is a right and not a privilege. And um, just because you're in 10th grade, you're going to make the varsity. Mm -hmm. 
Right, right, right. Or and if not, you know, if you don't do, a, if you didn't play Susie or Bobby, so many minutes a game, then they're gonna go right behind you and tell the AD about it. Then you're gonna ask the AD, well, tell me who's talking to me about it. Right. And the AD is not gonna tell you. Yeah. Hmm. And and so all this, all, it's a different different mindset. Um, it was actually, um, <laughs> I will remember this. Uh, it was actually the one of the directors of the Wildcats organization. Um, George Souza that actually mentioned to me years ago, what are you trying to go into high school for? What are you trying? To, and I just wanted to really feel that. I wanted to feel the band, right? I wanted to to get the kids and, and win a section championship, right, things right, like that. Right. And uh, you know, so I didn't listen. Um, but then through time, I learned. And not just only there's a lot of good coaches that are right now currently coaching club basketball that could be really turning programs around. But it's just the super Support on the high school level for those individuals is not there. Good. It's just, it's unfortunately for most schools, it's not. I'm glad you talked about that because because I coached uh, JV High School at Whitney. Okay, yeah. And I've been a high school coach, so I'm in both worlds. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. obviously I've I've taken more of a directorial role from Ken G. That's why you barely see Ken around anymore because right. he's all into all his gone. real estate thing and you know, all like he's he's he hit me all on Facebook yeah, yeah exactly he's he's a real estate agent <laughs> now so he so he's kind of like you know he's he's like chris you and eric y'all take yba and you know do your thing so <laughs> yeah. it's like um being in this seat i've seen kind of exactly what you're talking about i love that you brought that up the support is way different you know what i yeah. mean and obviously when you're your own club um and it's funny because I always just kind of joke. I say buying the jerseys is the easiest part of the job because, you know, everybody wants to start a club. There's like 10,000 clubs out here now, right, right. and programs. Right. I'm like, and, you know, the, buying the jerseys is the easiest part. They don't know it really takes a lot of work to make all this happen. But the benefit is you do basically call your own shots. You endorse your own business model yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to deal with the politics of schools and unions and boosters and all that, you know, and that's a part of like why, like some, like my varsity coach, uh, Nick has said to me, he's like, man, you know, when are you ready to be a varsity coach? Like, I think you're the next guy in line. Like, you're, I was like, I, mm, no, <laughs> I was like, I can't, I'm just not diplomatic enough. <laughs> I just know myself. I'm not, I'm not, and he's seen me coach enough. I'm not, I'm not the most diplomatic guy if it's going to come down to that type of stuff. But that's why I like the balance between both. You know what I right. mean? So, right. no, I'm really glad you touched on that. Um, uh, uh, second thing I want to talk about. you. Yeah. So, me. I mean, changing gears because, you know, with with Chris, and that's why I knew it was big having you on the show. You know, you guys are the AU guys. You know, and, and I've been, you know, I try learning. I try. I'm <laughs> learning, learning. I'm learning from these yeah, guys. I'm learning you know, from these guys. Yeah, and I know with Coach, I've been, I've been, you know, I've been learning from you, and I've been definitely learning from Chris. So you know, on my side of it, I always, you know, I like to look at the the player development side. You mm -hmm. know, because of course that's what I do. And one of the, I have a two part question. First question for you is more of, and we've had plenty. Uh, uh, conversations about this because right. you know I have certain kids where I'm like okay right. what does it take you know what is it you know and I'm learning like what does it take where okay we talk about the other kids okay you're being realistic that maybe they can only be the best high school player they can be how do you know because I know like you said you've, you've been around Josh Jackson you know uh, Marquise Chris these NBA guys these kids they, they first started at a level high school level right where I'm working with some kids where what does it take for, because I got a lot of kids who listen to this, what does it take for a player to 
play beyond college? Like, what is it? What is it that makes, you know, there's only whether it's NBA with the 450 jobs to like us, right? Playing overseas and finding a club team and everything like that. Cause everybody talks about it. Like, Ooh, I'm a, if I don't make them, I'm gonna play overseas or, you know, and they, they think, they it's, think so, it's easy. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's so easy. From, from your experience, like what does it, what does it take, you know, to, to get there? I will summarize on this. Uh, realistically, um, the best way I can phrase it is um, realistically understanding the amount of sacrifice you got to put into it. Mm-hmm. People understand that they're sacrificed with it. They don't have a realistic expectation of what that sacrifice entails. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, before I go any farther answering your question, yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, Mark, I, I, I think very highly of you. Thank and you, you. I think very highly of a lot of trainers that you associate your work, you know, you know, Bracey, mm-hmm. Bracey played for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> shout out to Bracey, Team Rampage. Shout out to Bracey. Shout out Bracey. Of course. Yeah. Um, here's what happens. Okay. Um, professional basketball is not just U.S. Mm-hmm. It's the world. Yeah. So let's elaborate on that for a second. You, and I've been watching you and other trainers um, have been very heavily affected by this COVID-19 situation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Some people have chosen to say, okay, I'm just going to sit out and wait. Yeah. And some of the people say, I'm going to attack the problem. How do you attack the problem was relying on getting the kids to come out at 6 o'clock in the morning hmm. at an outside gym, outside playground, uh, not mining any kind of weather condition, whatever is super hot, fires, fires, (laughs) so on. Yeah. Um, Really driving pretty far to meet you. Mm -hmm. Um, You getting up, setting all that stuff up every single morning, going back to the same playground later on that day, working with kids every single time. So the question is this. How is that kid feeling about that? Because here's reality. We're, we're, I personally feel that a lot of the kids in, in the United States, at least in California, where I live most of my life now, mm-hmm. are very spoiled. Mm-hmm. They, they, yeah. they actually have facilities like YBA's facility and mm-hmm. Hardwood Palace. High school gyms are just amazing. I mean, you have, you have uh, facilities they go into in LA and they play, there's 50 courts in one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. air conditioning. I mean, it, I mean, so so you're going like, okay, so how the kids from Haiti do it? Mm-hmm. How the kids from Dominican Republic do it? Mm-hmm. How the kids from Puerto Rico do it? Okay, let me go farther down. How the kids from South Africa do it? Mm-hmm. How the kids from Brazil do it? Yeah. Where they have to go, for first of all, all the tournaments are outside. Yeah. Hmm. That's number one. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you want a, a kid that is spending so much time outside yeah. with the wind blowing is going to be a heck of a good shooter they keep shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to go into a gym. Mm-hmm. I remember Mark when I first got to this country, and I remember the first time I had a chance to represent the YMCA from Puerto Rico and went to Indianapolis on a tour, and I saw a hardwood floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm pretty yeah. sure that amazed yeah. you. Yeah, right. And my first fear was I thought I'm going to I'm going to slip through here. <laughs> like what? This is yeah. this is I don't feel the traction. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Because yeah. I was so used to feeling asphalt. Mm-hmm. 
Damn. So, and then I saw you how bouncy he was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then the dream ended after two weeks, we had to go back, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, the Damn. thing is, is people don't get it that when you see these European athletes and you see these people literally taking American basketball spots at the professional level, mm -hmm. you go really far back and you're wondering what have they done? What realistic expectations they went through yeah. And um, and that's really what it takes. Yeah. Because I mean, reality is this: um, if you ask me, I miss my. I mean, I miss my senior prom. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ask yep. me, I I didn't really go to too many dances. Mm -hmm. um, I I didn't really I mean care too much about socializing when I was in high school. Yeah. I had a mindset. I knew what I need to do. Yep. I knew I need to get up at six o'clock in the morning and go to that strong heat in Puerto Rico with humidity. Mm -hmm. And go in and try to get my shots in because yep. my goal was I need to do this. When I got to the United States, believe it or not, basketball became easy for me wow. because I'm going like, what the heck? I'm, I'm in a hardwood floor, indoor yeah. facility with air with air conditioning, and I get free gear. Yeah. Nice. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you're asking the question about what is it that it takes for a kid to be the next level? Yeah. It takes a realistic understanding of the sacrifice they need to do, mm -hmm. and when you start seeing kids. Um, you know, coming out and practice and, and training with you mm -hmm. uh, and others. I see Bracy out there, you know, mm -hmm. in Vallejo mm -hmm. doing the same thing too. And you see the same kid coming in every yep. single time, yep. every single time. You know, he might not be 6'9", he mm -hmm. might not be 6'10", mm -hmm. but he's definitely going to a higher level yeah. than the other kid that is waiting yeah. to make sure that the school opens the gym yeah. during COVID-19. So so that, that really, the rest, a lot of it is luck. Yeah. yeah, a lot of I it is luck because mm -hmm. you, people, kids gotta understand it's all about being in most cases at the right time, the right place, yeah. and what the organizations are needing. Yeah. A lot of things, a lot of people, kids go like, you know, wow, what the heck? This is gonna be great. I'm gonna go play in the next level. Mm -hmm. First of all, you know, I, I saw your expression when you were saying about going overseas. Yeah, <laughs> I get I get kids talking to me all the time. By coach, can you hook me up in Puerto Rico? It's, it's, they okay. don't. They don't. They, they I, don't know. I, I played in Dominican Republic. That's okay. why when you mentioned that, so, it's like I know exactly so, what you're talking about. And, and so, I mean, you got to understand. I mean, um, players that are in overseas right now at the Division One level, those are players that are fighting for an eight eight spot at the NBA team. Yes, mm -hmm. and um, and now you got these leagues. They are paying these kids way more money than when the NBA is paying them, which that's why you haven't heard of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so 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 kids, back then when I played, we were like the pioneers of like trying to get it to the pros in the United States, right? Yeah. Oh, you got one, yeah. one guy, you know, Marcelinus. And yeah. All those yeah. guys, you know, yeah. they make it in the NBA. Mm -hmm. You're good. Okay, wow. They represent. But now you got hundreds of Marcelinus, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, you know, coming in and playing. And and then I love it when the New York Knicks always look at the uh, the draft and they start booing, booing, yeah. booing for that foreigner they got. Yeah. And then they, they find him in Dallas. Right, right, else. right. I mean, so, yeah. so, I mean, so it, is, it is, I think they need to understand, need to understand that right now make, going overseas is just as competitive yeah. as being totally agree with uh, you. In, 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 for an NBA spot. Yeah. And, and, and let's let's get the developmental league out of the way because mm -hmm. a lot of people think, well, you're in the developmental league, you can play anywhere. Yeah. No, yeah. incorrect. Yeah. You're in the developmental league. You're in the developmental league of that specific team yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. It doesn't mean that Real Madrid wants you. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean that Barcelona wants you yeah. or that right. Tel Aviv yeah. or anything like that. You know, so those are mm -hmm. guys that... Um, 
I mean, those are organizations that are, are they have also yeah. the same amount of money that most NBA teams have. Yeah. They just pay you differently. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they give you free agencies after a year yeah. and, and so on. So, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that, that, to answer that question, yeah. you know, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it, yeah. I think it would take for a kid to go okay. the next level on the okay. pro level. Okay. And look, you know, so. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's 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 big. That's that's a lot of knowledge right there. Um, my second question, you know, because you know I see Marcus over here looking like he about to go to sleep. <laughs> not even, what? Not even I know, I know, I know. You know, because I know right now, you know, he his his future is bright when it comes to track, and you know, I'm, I've been like we still talk till this day. You know, we always uh-huh. chat, and I'm, I'm I'm like, bro, Olympics, Olympics, like yeah. like that's that's you maximizing goal, your right? God given talent. During that span, coming as a father, a person who who played basketball, and and like I said with Marcus, it was it was it was it was fun. It was it was a great journey when we were working together. What were some of the differences that you seen? You know, before he started really getting into the track side, when we were going into that basketball journey, you know, what were some of the differences that you seen from him? Just more from a maturity, mental standpoint, you yep. compared. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, I'm well, being honest. That's good. That's I mean, a nice, I, I'm just, nice, profound answer. <laughs> I, 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 and I'm going to tell you yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm going to tell you why. I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to give people the prep that they deserve. Here's what happens. When you have someone that gets a kid and change their mindset toward utilizing athletics and be able to be successful in life, mm-hmm. to me, that's the best thing you can be. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's what you did with Marcus. Mm. You know, so reality is, uh, you know, Marcus met you, and through basketball, you develop something that is missing quite often now these days, which is structure. Yeah, uh, kids need to have structure. They need to know that they need to get up in the morning and aspire for a goal. Whatever his goal was to score twenty points with the high school team, mm-hmm. or whatever his goal was to make it to JUCO and mm-hmm. and or or or. or college in, in in basketball what happened with that was a process a process that he knew and in order for him yep. to be able to aspire and put together all that effort that he's putting with you mm-hmm. he had to perform in the classroom yeah yep. and when you yeah, perform yeah. in the classroom now you have a balance yeah. and guess what when you perform in the bathroom Excuse me. Did I say bad? <laughs> we know too many classrooms. Classroom. in the classroom and That's that. That I told you. That's the accent thing. Um, when you perform in the classroom and you perform athletically, yeah. you're a cool kid to be around with. Yeah. So what you have done for Marcus through basketball is change his life. Oh. So when he comes down to trainers out there you know uh and i used to be one before i got mm-hmm. into the coaching right. you know i spend the eight hours just mm-hmm. like all you guys do mm-hmm. right now i can't <laughs> my body doesn't give me that, money, <laughs> that privilege but mm-hmm. when, when i see people you know marcus was not a five-star you know uh basketball you know yeah. ranked top athlete in the country mm-hmm. you picked marcus and said I'm going to teach you the game the best way I can, but I, with the hopes that you follow it, mm-hmm. but also with the hopes that you understand that academics gotta go yep. with it. And with that said, he became dedicated and focused. And it happens to be that Marcus had a gift on track and field that yeah. that we turned to realize that it happened because we allow him to do other sports. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but but it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't gotten there if it wasn't because he met you. Oh, yeah. So, I kind of I want to well, touch on that too because that's deep. It's like nah, it's it's real. Like you know, we met with Mark and everything. <laughs> we started we started training, going hard, and I'm like, okay, like yeah, maybe half my shots aren't falling. But <laughs> a week ago, I was making yeah. three shots, like yeah. missing everything. I'm like. I see a progress, and you kept talking to me, you know, we're going to make, make the varsity team. We're going to start. We're going to get all turning. We're going to do all this, send yeah. all these goals. And I'm like, Speak it to I'm like, I don't even got grades. Like, I'm not going to make the team <laughs> yeah. if I can't even got yeah. grades for it. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I got to put my head down so that I get more opportunities to train with Mark, exactly. like, so I can feel better. Like, yeah. so boom, I got that down. I got my grades because training from you, you know, telling me all these goals, I got to say, like, really motivated me. And then. From the grades, it gave me opportunities to play the other sports too, and like mm -hmm. find myself more. Like so, it was like training with you really helped me find myself, and then I ended up trying track, and it was just a pop from there. But definitely, definitely, like nothing, nothing would have happened if it wasn't Mark like spitting those goals into my head, and uh, that's what I love most about him too. He's like, he'll he'll tell you something, and like like a goal, like okay, we gonna get you D one, <laughs> and you're like, all right, like cool, like yeah. do this, and then he's like. But you got to come with me at 6 in the morning, <laughs> 12 in the afternoon, yeah. 4 p.m. at night if you want to do it. And it's yeah. the kids that really yeah. do that with him. And, you know, Mark's yeah. an easy man to trust because he knows what he's talking about. He'll he really get you, you there if you work with him. Like, it's true. It's I mean, to me, at the end of the day, like I said, working working with, with Marcus and, and, and learning from Coach Jopi, it's if, if you have a passion for something – I feel like it's it's easy, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and, and and I feel like a lot of the kids who are still, who don't understand that that they 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 talk and they say you know all these things, but they don't actually show it, you know what I'm saying, and so to me, you know, to see where you're at now, um, it's I'm I'm very proud, of course, you know what I'm saying, but like. Like I was there day one. I remember, you know what yeah, I'm saying, the ups and downs, one. and even some sometimes thinking like, I don't know, bro. You know, just yeah. like you, there's there was there was always the inconsistency to the point where something just clicked and it just kept rising and rising. So so yeah, man. Like I said, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely happy that I've, I've met you guys. But I definitely see a, a I've been saying this since day one. Even whether it's basketball, track, or even if it's entertainment like you gonna you gonna be somebody you know what i'm yeah. saying so 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 that's something that I, I've, I've always noticed about you so. and and i wanted to lead more into um talking to you more marcus now you know mm -hmm. um your dad has said some great stuff but we're gonna mm -hmm. focus on you right now no i wanted to uh because i'm a fan of track i used to do track myself my brother mm -hmm. actually uh was a dual sport athlete too and went to warner pacific for basketball and track in uh, right. oregon so you're definitely around the right company right like yeah, i did yeah, i did high yeah. jump triple jump uh long jump That's he did the same yeah. high jump my boy neelan greenwood went to washington uh when i was at sac city he was like our track team was like killing that year and he ended up being like one of the top in the nation like could have probably gone to the olympics like he was approached to but then you know he became a family man and became a right, police right. officer so shout out to neelan for that but i'm just saying like i'm a i'm a huge fan i wanted to just ask you a couple quick questions about that like um you know what 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 but what the combination of basketball and track how how has that impacted your life and you know what is kind of your preparation methods before you you compete and things like that like what is your mindset or you know what is your focus when you're getting ready mm -hmm. so i'd say towards the preparation is definitely the the hours put into it we go what six six days a week now two hey. and a half hours a day mm -hmm. nice. and then i was like 
it's always it was Mark at the start telling me like you gotta do stuff at home. What I do mm-hmm. for you, even if I'm going two times a day, what I do for you is not going mm-hmm. get you to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it didn't click till I started doing track and feeling confident with it. But man, and diet and stuff too. Mark mm-hmm. put me on that everything. So no more like, Taco Bell. <laughs> I've had Taco no Bell ta- in over a year. I'm gonna put that out <laughs> still, there. Hey, hey, one year. No he's Taco still snixing in a little bit. Nah, <laughs> nah, still- nah, nah, he lying. He lying. He lying. <laughs> But yeah, nah, definitely the the hours put into it. That's got to be it. Because you come home sore as hell, and then you realize yep, like yep. two hours later you're at home. You're not doing nothing. Like okay, I can get a jump rope fifteen minutes. You know, do okay, hundred fifty sit ups. Okay. Like, well, that's good. Because because how old are you? Uh, I'm eighteen. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Our youth listeners, because we do have kids yep. who listen to this yeah. too, they need to hear your side. They need yep. to hear from yeah. someone who's actively doing it mm-hmm. right now. So yeah, that's no, why. Definitely. No, please keep talking. Keep going. Yeah, because it's like high school wise, I wasn't really. I was motivated. I was like, okay, I'm ready to do. I'm ready to hoop, ready mm-hmm. to track all this. But I wasn't putting in the work. I was just mm-hmm. going off basically what Mark called the God-given talent. You know, I could mm-hmm. jump. Mm-hmm. I love jumping. I love dunking. Mm-hmm. I love jumping over a bar. Like, I could do this. But in reality, I wasn't seeing myself get better until I really started doing the extra stuff on my own, not just going to the park and putting up shots mm-hmm. with Mark or, you know, going to my track practices. Like, I'd have to do stuff at home. Yep. My extra stuff, everything. The diet, the diet changed everything. Good. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know a diet would change it like it that. It does. It does. What you put mm-hmm. in your body matters. Yeah. When, you're, when, when you're when we're all well, we all older, so still. <laughs> but no, it but it, <laughs> when when we were your age, we all thought we were invincible. Then you start yeah. to realize, like you yeah. know, as you get older, like oh shit, I should have done some things the right way. So it's exactly. good you looked on that early. Trust yeah, me. I know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm grateful for. Finding stuff out so young, even though I'm like late to it, I still feel like I'm grateful to find these things out young, like before it's too late. Like it's late, but not too late. I know I still got time to. Well, you got a lot of time. You I ain't even yeah. 21 yet. <laughs> exactly. You're not even in your prime. Yet. It's better that you understand this. That's why, like I said, that's why I've all, I, I always was with everybody, and especially you. You know, what I'm saying just drilling that mindset. Yeah. So whenever it did click, you know. You're 18, so 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Like, you're not even close to what you can become if you stay consistent. And so, of course, I feel like it gets to it gets to a point where it becomes an addiction when you start seeing results and you start seeing success where you're like, why am I going to go back to that? You know right. what I'm saying? And I'm seeing that with you where a lot of kids, like I said, it's the majority of kids who, who don't do enough that start – like, oh, well, you know, why, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I make it? And to me, I feel like it's 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 an easy equation. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. yeah no, and then, and then also um, I wanted to ask you guys in, uh, kind of a double question yeah. before we lead into more of the current events and just talking about random stuff, right? But because um, we're going to have a really good, unique situation here, um, having a coach, mm-hmm. ex-pro athlete dad mm-hmm. with his son, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I mean – uh well first did you ever like coach him in basketball at any point or was it kind of so i did okay. i did i did a little bit um when he was very little okay um but then you know started like let other people coach him yeah exactly and when that and that's kind of what because the reality is and you know this as well as i do most AU clubs start but daddy ball right that's that's mm-hmm. the thing right that the term you hear a lot it's usually a couple of dads that are like hey uh, my son's pretty good. Your son's pretty good. Let's put them together and get some pieces around. Almost right? like Papa's Club. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's I kind of wanted to touch that since that's that's a big prevalent thing in the AAU world and hear Absolutely. your perspective and your perspective a little bit. How how 
how was that overall like you know him coaching or you know you growing up with a dad who knows a game who knows sports who knows because because again basketball is a transferable thing if you played pro basketball if you play collegiate basketball you just know as an athlete what it takes to be an athlete right regardless of now you're pursuing track he still has an understanding of like this is what it's going to take for you to be your very best at track period no matter what sport you choose right Let's say you chose football. It doesn't matter. He still would understand or have some conceptualize of it. And, of course, I'm pretty sure you've had your days where you both don't agree. And you've had had your days where you both agree. I'm just curious on both your guys' perspective on how how was that for you guys. It was was good. You know, it definitely taught me a lot about, like, grind. Like, put your head down. Yeah. You got to get to work to get where you want to be because mm-hmm. my dad used to have me, my brother, and my sister. He got us little basketballs. We were, what, like five years old. Every nice. night we nice. had to put up, like, hey. laying in the back of our bed. We had to shoot <laughs> our little jump <laughs> nice. shot. Hey. All that. We nice. had to grab the tennis ball, do hand-eye coordinations nice. at such a young age. But it's, like, it's good. It taught me, like, I got to be able to put my head down in certain situations and grind it out. You know, there may be another person who could jump higher than me, shoot better than me naturally, but... If I'm going to put in the work, then I'm going to get where I got to get. And that's kind of where I got that from him. But if you want to touch on the daddy ball thing, it's not <laughs> – I don't think he agrees with that because uh, nobody noticed. But I was on my dad's AAU team, and I was on the B team for like three years straight. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a realistic dad. That's the difference. Yeah, that's like, the difference. Because yeah. there's a few dads out there. My kid's amazing. Starting. I don't know what you're talking about. Keeping it 100. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm I'm grateful for situations like that, like knowing that it wasn't just handed to me, that I had to get it, you know? Nice. And uh, it brings me to realization that people are better than me. People were better than me at the time. That's why they were starting over me. And, like, you know, I'm just happy I got to experience that because I know a lot of people nowadays, they get their feelings hurt when stuff Mm -hmm. like that happens. That's true. That's true. I love that. What about you, Dad? How is that? Watching that progression yeah. for your son. No, so it's just good to hear that from him. And and I did the same thing with my daughter, and you know, same thing with my oldest one, Stefan. What I would like to tell parents, though, um, is that is that if you are going to spend time with your kids and be able to coach him at a specific youth sport. You got to work really hard, make sure the kids understand that when the game goes on, you are a coach and not a dad. Uh, I think a lot of parents don't, parents that want to coach their kids, which by the way, I'm going to be, I would like to be frank with every parent out here listening, okay? It is super healthy to coach your kids. Good. Um, They got to understand that. Uh, it's, It's not a law against it, Okay. It's because it's, it's time that you're gonna spend with your child that eventually, as they get older, you may not have anymore. Yeah. Okay. But there's gotta be a balance with that. Right. Okay. There's gotta be a balance with that, and the balance is is like you gotta make sure that your kids understand that when you are in the court, you are a coach. You're not a a a, a you know a parent. Um, I coach my my uh, oldest one in high school. And what what also needs to be communicated with the child is that the expectations for them mm-hmm. are going to be more than what they are for everybody else, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, It's just no other way around it. Your kid must lead by example. 
for others to follow because just the image alone yeah. of the kid being the coach's son or the coach's daughter, it's going to cause some issues with other parents. Of course. So as long as the kid understands that, and as long as the, that's what, you know, Marcus says, Team B, well, you know, I was looking at Marcus in the process of development. What's where he's right. going to get more playing time? Right, right, right. Uh, the status quo was to be in Team A. Of course. You know, but he learned early on time that that's not basically what this is about. Yes. Um, some parents, I see them all the time. I, You and I, we, we see this Hardwood Palace stuff every weekend. Mm -hmm. You see how many parents are coaching their kids yeah. and, and, and how many time. kids are playing all the time. Yeah. And, and it, it's even in high school, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Too. I mean, it's just always very controversial. So my advice is... Try to try to have a balance, but then but then there's got to be a time as the kid gets older that you just gotta trust and separate yourself from what you're doing for that kid. Support that kid in a different way. I will I will explain this um, with my daughter, okay? Uh, and she's not here right now, Sydney. Uh, but Sydney is a, a very successful student at Sac State, okay? Sophomore year, she's she's killing in grades. Sydney was the reason why West Coast Impact got started. Oh, nice. You know, so basically, nice. you know, I was with the Walkers organization. They didn't really spend too much time with girls. I was already, I have my experience with a top-notch AU boys program. And I just said, you know what, let's do the same thing for girls. And we, we departed from the Wildcats organization and did something because there was a lot of girls that wanted to go on and play high school AAU, which the Wildcats didn't have. Mm -hmm. You know, uh the more time I try to really spend time with Sydney and work with Sydney, all that kind of stuff, um, it comes a time where the, the child basically says, okay, look, I, I need to have my own privacy. I need to have my own coach. Dad, I like you. It's great what you did for me, but I got to I gotta break apart. You hear a different voice, exactly. right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Parents listen to this because this is a true fact. Uh, I was an assistant coach at Dixon High School Girls Basketball trying to donate my time there. And my daughter's senior year. And I'm really excited about it because the school's got a great team. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to be behind the, you know, I'm going to be the assistant coach helping with the X and O's and all that kind of stuff. We might get a successful time here. And then my my daughter, in before the first practice, grabbed a chair, put it right next to uh, my coach, I mean, Coach Gilliard, never forget this, and he put another chair right next I asked me to sit down. She stood up and said, Dad, I love you. But guess what? You're not my coach this year. And my assistant coach, Damn. I mean, my, my assistant coach, my head coach, looked at Sydney going like, well, I was counting on your dad for, I mean, to, to other, if you, I don't know, I appreciate everything my dad has done. But it's time for me to do this and I don't feel, I don't want to have my dad on the bench. You got to respect that. Yeah. You got to respect mm -hmm. that. You got you to go with it. You got to understand it. And, you know, in life, you learn this kind of things. I, I wish I could have done that sooner with Sydney. Mm. Okay? And definitely sooner with Steph. You know? Um, but it's got to be understood that, yeah, a lot of AAU teams are being built right now with the intention that the parent wanted was best for their kids. Because they, they even don't know, 
or don't know how to trust other people that can do the same job for them. Yes. So you see a lot of mamas and papas teams mm -hmm. from the street and neighborhood. Mom and dad elite. Mama and That's dad what I call them. Mom Mama and dad elite. And, 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 and it's so good. And for the record, <laughs> um, for the record, they're putting a lot of time and effort yes, on their kids. Absolutely. And I'm all for but that. But they don't know what it goes with that baggage. Mm -hmm. And I think that you understand that. From experience, I will tell you that if I would have done it all over again, um, I would have definitely had my kids in a club that I brought direct and will never coach them. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's and because, because I will coach him in the early stages, but yeah. kind of depart away after that. So that. I mean, that's my opinion on that, but I, no, I think you great. can agree. Yeah, when, when we see all these agree. AAU teams out there, yeah. and mamas and papas, and they, and they fold, and, and the same girl keeps taking the same shots. Yes. <laughs> and, the, yes. and, and, and the other girls are just going like, okay, it's not going to last for Exactly. Long. Yeah, and I totally agree with you on that. Well, no, this is all great stuff. Let's uh, switching gears a little bit. Uh, let's talk current events, right? Current <laughs> events of just what's going on in life and everything else. First, we start. First, we go. First, we're going to start with the NBA. Um, just yeah. different little, uh, different little stuff locally. Uh, the Kings side. Uh, the Kings signed uh, Whiteside. Going uh, back. Yeah. Back so, to Sacramento. Yeah, exactly. So you know, good for them. And um, this is just kind of a proclamation, I I believe, because um, uh, I was watching the news uh, about how the Knicks have kind of pulled away from Westbrook because um, they just I think the contract I think it's the contract more than anything, and then also, you know, Westbrook is just a hard character to necessarily fit but you know what i think i and again this is just my opinion i think the Kings should go after westbrook and the reason being is not not for a championship it's for viewership <laughs> i'll be honest I, with you i said this i dm somebody who posted uh like Something about Hassan Whiteside coming back, and I was like, mm -hmm. they need to get Westbrook too. You yeah. said that, he, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, I got it in my Instagram. Because him, like, imagine him and De'Aaron Fox. Fox. I mean, yeah, that exactly. front court, I mean, would be uh, fast yeah. as shit and athletic and stuff. But again, were you gonna, are you going to get an NBA championship with that? Probably not. But oh, no, <laughs> but will people watch? Yeah, they'll He's watch. Relevant. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm exactly. saying? So that that's kind of on on, on yeah. that one. And then uh, <laughs> the other thing was the uh, Montrez Harold thing. I want to oh, talk about yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, someone on That's social funny. media called out Montres Harold. Uh, let me get it right because I put the guy's information. His name's uh, and he's a Lakers fan, you know, Lakers Lake fan Nation, over here. Man. So you know, gotta talk about it. It was back with, to um, back. Antonio uh, Antonio Cortese. Uh, he is his IG is Cali King. Uh, Cali underscore King three two three on fan. April twenty nineteen. He DM Montres Harold and said, uh, "You know you're get, you're the you're not gonna win because this is when he was with the Clippers, right? They said you're not gonna win the Lakers gang, you know, all day. We're gonna win, and you probably gonna sign with us after we beat your ass." <laughs> and, and, and so, and so he he screenshot the DMs and posted them on his IG. And so Ball is Live got a hold of it. Who View got a hold of it. And so and and Montres Harold blocked this guy because after he posted it, he said, "Hey man, you got to buy me some shoes or something because I was totally right. I called you out." And so Montres Harold, a bunch of people are tagging this guy and uh, hitting him up. So I just thought that was pretty funny That's news, right 
say. He DM'd him back. Why he replied? Yeah, Montrez Harold DM'd. They messaged each other. He did. Montrez called him like a lame, and he was like, "You a lame ass." Lakers ain't winning nothing. We got this. I he Montrez Harrell in the DM said he'll never sign with the Lakers. <laughs> he said he would never sign with the Lakers. Hey, it just sounds like it just sounds like Montrez just got more smarter. <laughs> That's how I see it. You know what I'm saying? Like basically. Exactly. Right. So I just thought that was pretty good. Um the uh also wanted to talk about a unfortunate well, I'm a Warriors fan. In case you guys don't know, I'm a I'm a Warriors fan, and uh, the Clay Thompson injury man. definitely hurts. It sucks. Man. You know what I mean? I uh, for myself, I tore my Achilles two years ago. So and I tore I, my ACL last year. Yeah, and and that's <laughs> he got I, both. Hey, that's what I'm saying. It's funny. He got both of our injuries basically. And, <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, you know, I'm I'm able to hoop again now, but you know, it's never it's never the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm hooping in men's leagues and for fun now, but it never feels the same. So. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was prayers. To yeah, Clay Thompson. you know, uh, yeah. definitely prayers for you, Clay. Man, that's that's a tough spot to be in. I can mm-hmm. I can only imagine psychologically what he's going through. Right, you know, right. Exactly. it's tough. It's you tough. know, kind of like Kevin Durant had, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah yep. exactly. But it's like you you had a knee injury. You know, you rest and rehab. I'm sure they have him on amazing rehab programs. Mm-hmm. The NBA usually takes care of their their assets pretty good, and then right. to immediately go to a workout. <laughs> And tear your kids. That's just kiss of death back to back. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know. And even get to play. <laughs> he's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna be fine. And there's a lot of athletes that go through this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. let's not forget. I mean, they got the best. Jeez, they got the best medical staff. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. You know, they, to, to to treat this kind of thing. any uh, any of us will go through this. Yeah, mm-hmm. the reco- recovery period is probably yeah. way longer than yes. you know. Um, it took I'll, me three surgeries to get my yeah, right. Yeah, so I damn. You. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you. I mean, I, I obviously NBA greatest league there is in the world, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it has changed on the way it used to be, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why. Because when I was young, um, we, you know, teams were not in the NBA were not being built to win a championship next year. Yeah, mm. they were being built to win a championship in the next five or six years. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the crowd identify with the athletes. Now you got players making decisions mm-hmm. on contracts and money when it comes to just get that ring. Mm. So let me when when the when the when the Warriors organization started really surprising everybody. Yes. I jump wagon on that. So, but for the, I mean, he kids about me and the same thing sports and whatever, but I, I really don't have a, a team that I really truly follow. Mm-hmm. Here's a team that I follow. Yeah. I follow the team that may have one or two superstars. They share the ball and they play together to the highest level they can. And I'm hoping that that team will sit together the following year. Yes. When the Golden State Warriors started coming out the way they are now I yes. mean, before Kevin Durant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they did it have, all organically. They, they, they did exactly. it all organically. They, did, yeah. they, they didn't have the, yes. the horses that they had in the previous year. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you saw this kid, 6'2", shooting him from everywhere. Yeah. And you saw his, his partner, Clay Thompson, you know, just shoot. 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, and then you, you start identifying with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you see a level of play, people doing roles that they have to do with scoring. Mm-hmm. But rebounding, yes, uh, leadership, yep. 
um, you know, you start seeing a, a style of coaching that that the players really had no other source than just to believe on that coach. It kind of looked like a college team. Yes. You know, that kind of atmosphere, right? Absolutely. Uh, so, so when I, I fought the Golden State Warriors and I wanted them to beat everybody just because of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then they get Kevin Durant. <laughs> then they get this. Then they get that. Then they get this and eventually became everybody's boat to jump in to get mm-hmm. the ring. Mm-hmm. This last season, I was very a big fan of the Miami Heat. Yeah. Mm. And the Miami Heat didn't really have too many players. I mean, they yeah. had one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you saw how they were performing, and yeah. you go like, wow, this is great. And yeah, you know, in the final game, I was just hoping they would make an offset. So I follow the teams that create offsets, the Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than I personally believe that you have a better, hopefully we got it already, but they should have a better, uh, you know, administrational staff mm-hmm. when it comes down to selecting players. Yes. Players now go to the Kings just because they want to, it's a step process to something yeah. else. Yes. Yeah. So teams need leadership. And there is no leadership in the in the organization for a long time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, whether that leadership is crazy or not, as long as that person is able to put 12 athletes together and achieve, achieve a, mission, a mission, that's the, that's the way it's supposed to do it. So Brooks being that person will be a perfect person to do that. Then that will follow me on me saying, you know, I'll pay $200 to go see him. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what comes down to it. But yeah. just me going through the process of watching them see three athletes that are potentially going to end up being – the stars of the Houston Rockets or something else, mm-hmm. when they played the Kings, like, I want the Kings to be, when the Kings were the Kings and they went to the playoffs and yeah, the yeah, Lakers upset them, they had leadership. Yeah. I mean, they, they and those guys, they built a team yes. that took over three or four years to yes. get to it. Now it's like everybody is just, okay, yeah. well, you know what? I should, I could be playing for this team, but. Eh, I'm just going to go win a championship before I retire, so let's all hop on this one. <laughs> and the fact that the NBA is allowing that to happen, it's I think it's, make, it's making it difficult for fans to really get, you know, the Lakers are always going to be the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Celtics are always going to be the yeah. Celtics. But the other organizations need to actually be able to have a fair chance of being able to have those athletes. I think something's got to be done with the uh, commissioner or the league, perhaps, to, to, to have a little more of a, stoppage at this issue of going into teams just to win championships because yeah you'll win the championship and you yeah. know what the final becomes boring yeah mm-hmm. i mean and you know we're, we're fans here right okay? yeah, so course. i mean honestly the the miami heat mm-hmm. final i was hoping for a great yeah of boring. course there's no yeah. way they could but look at the horses you had with the lakers yeah, yeah. so you want you want a final word like when the Detroit Pistons used yeah. to play the Chicago Bulls, and Chicago oh, yeah. Bulls only had one guy and mm-hmm. have five guys that were became stars later. Mm-hmm. When you had the Lakers with Magic Johnson, yeah. and you had then the Celtics with Larry Bird, yes. and you go on, and it was an even thing, and it's a rivalry, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, that's the kind of basketball in the NBA that I kind of miss. Mm-hmm. Everything is so business-oriented now, and it's about to get a ring. True. I wish teams like the Kings can land athletes that we can identify for the next four or five years and have them reach a playoff goal. You know, I don't know. That's just my we'll opinion see. on it. I know. I mean, you, you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, other other notable trades or whatever, you know, is like uh, how is, uh, the Clippers got Ibaka. Yeah. Um, Houston uh, got Cousins. Really? And, and the last 
thing we got to talk about. It's, this isn't NBA related, but it has to do with a former <laughs> NBA player. Uh, Nate Robinson, um, my man. Uh, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way I can put it, bro. Uh, man. You know, and, and, and uh, we were watching Matt Barnes earlier and, yeah. and a bunch of other NBA guys. <laughs> Steph Curry had a little dig at you. Look, man, I'm not going to make... I'm not gonna make no digs at you because I, I used to box and I love boxing, but bro, uh, I'm gonna tell you what my coach told me, bro. Um, you can play basketball, you can play football, you can play baseball. Uh, you can't play boxing. <laughs> you got to train at that shit, brother. And it, and it didn't look like you did. I, I could be wrong. Damn. I'm just saying from the outsider with experience watching you fight, Damn. it looked like you just thought uh, you could just put some gloves on and, and, right. and start swinging. And, right. And, and you know, I guess it's worse because you got knocked out by a YouTuber. So, yeah, like, but again, that YouTuber has been training for the last, I think mm -hmm. he said, 36 months or something like yeah. that. He was I mean, taking it serious. Yeah, like, yeah. he was like, nah, I'm going to knock your ass out. And <laughs> and, and, and the, the height advantage and, oh, man, the reach advantage. Yeah. I watched the fight, bro. Even and the strength advantage. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. The, I mean, the memes that coming out with him right now, man, it's so bad. <laughs> and it's like, you feel for him, like, and, exactly. And How I'm do just, you recover from that? Bro? I don't know. It's going to take a minute. My suggestion, bro. You got to pull your kids out of school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Call, Com call Comcast. Tell them you want to <laughs> get rid of your internet for the next six months <laughs> and just let it blow over, man. I mean, you're going to have to take some L's on the internet, I, but it, I commend you for doing Respect. it. He did it. Respect yeah. it, getting the courage to go out. Because a lot of people don't understand it does take a lot of courage to throw those gloves on and get your ass knocked out on national yeah. TV. <laughs> it's <laughs> just... But the way it happened was just so bad, bro. Oh, Pay-per-view. <laughs> exactly. Because, okay, in a boxing match, you plan to see someone get knocked out. And that's yeah. fine. I mean, there's a way to lose that it still doesn't look so bad. But this <laughs> one just looks so, so bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't help that you had Snoop commentating. You had Snoop Dogg commentating. High as shit making jokes. It's... <laughs> I just want you to understand from right. about that life podcast, bro. We 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 are with you. Right. Prayers, <laughs> prayers, prayers. I, and it sucks because it's like, damn, you, you are a former NBA player, so we have to talk about it in some yeah. aspect. Yeah. But you know, shout out to you, brother man. Uh, let me. There's a splash for you, Nate Robinson, man, because I give you all the respect. So <laughs> moving on from that. Um, we we do gotta we do gotta talk about uh, COVID nineteen because that's just a part of life right now. Yep. Hope that we can get through this. I hope the vaccine comes out and things are good. But uh, the gym across from us called Courtside Basketball was on the news big time with uh, CNN. Uh, it reached national news. Uh, uh, they were trying to say, well, I shouldn't say tried. They said that there was an outbreak, which is again shame on you guys because that wasn't the right wording you should guys be using but they said there was an outbreak at courtside and and basically make the for those who might not know uh, the quick version is they tried to make court courtside seem like it was starting this huge outbreak of what's giving COVID-19 and spreading COVID-19 even though that that's not necessarily the case that's not the whole story um, not discussing the protocols they do also not discussing the teams they ca uh, came out just some um, just wonder your guys' thoughts on all this, you know, with this. Because, uh, again, COVID-19 is just a part of life, but it's more, you know, should courtside cancel? I, I 
still don't think they should. I think you just have a me personally. I think you have a group of people who 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 are afraid to come out <coughs> and want to shut everything down and they have that right. I'm not taking away that right. Like you absolutely should have that decision. You have another group of people who are maybe too extreme where they're like, I don't want to walk around with a mask. I don't care about anything. Everything's fine. But like living in this fantasy world, like COVID is a hoax, right? Which is bullshit too. And then I think you just have a lot of, a lot, the biggest group is the in-between people. Some who are kind of just want to do things the right way, but still want kids to hoop. I'm sure like you coach, you want to see your girls play and you want to see your kids Mm -hmm. hoop. I want to see my kids hoop and play, but I'm going to acknowledge that there is this, you know, pandemic going on. So, you know, just was curious about your guys' thoughts on that. Anything you want to say about that? I think, ultimately, I feel like they should open sports. Like, CIF got pushed back for yeah. football, everything. Yeah, everything shut down. I think down. they should yeah. open sports. Like, they should have protocols, though. Yeah. Definitely yeah. protocols. They shouldn't just open it full-blown. Everybody just go out and do this. Nah, like, I understand there's teams that are going to take hits from protocols and stuff like that. Like, maybe football practicing three days a week. Like, that's going to affect the team. Absolutely. But if the kids want to get out there and get film and, Mm -hmm. you know, get stats that they need, Mm -hmm. then I think it should be open. But I definitely don't think it should be rushed. I think Mm -hmm. there's there's better ways to go about it than just throwing everything open or just shutting everything down. What about you, Coach? All right. So I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give everybody that's listening to this scientific facts, hmm. and I can back them up because hmm. I work in the pharmaceutical industry. So that's my real love. Mm-hmm. That's my hey. that's my that's my true job. Okay. Okay. First of all, for anybody that is listening to this and actually thinks that there is no COVID nineteen, I highly suggest you educate yourself. Yeah. Okay. So there is a COVID nineteen. Period. The same way. There has been previous COVID-19s and bacterials that have come in, somehow generated through different things in the world that eventually have gotten to a point where we have been able to, you know, find a cure for it. Um, This is very similar to when AIDS came out and people were very confused about what's happening. You know, you have the gay population thinking that was the one that did it. Got athletes coming out with it. Yeah. People didn't know where to go. So, scientifically, there is going to be, obviously, a solution for this. Um, whatever is going to come in now, right away, or it's going to come in later, there's going to be immunization for it. And people are going to get it in stages, and that would all depend on our government to how they want to distribute that. The problem that happens is, in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back and look at it from someone from another country. Okay. Okay. In the last since March, when this first really got announced, and instead of well, it got announced in February, but March, yeah, really start people taking action to this. Mm-hmm. I really, really understood that there is not a word called United States of America. Mm. Mm. You have states yes. that are in a land called America, mm. which is actually North America because America is a continent, mm. for those of you guys listening. <laughs> okay? And the word united disappeared. Mm. The same way we're talking about the kings 
having leadership. Mm-hmm. That's how we're talking about the Kings and the NBA and teams having mm-hmm. some type of leader to con- leadership brought brings you direction. Mm-hmm. What we lost was direction. We had no direction. Yeah, that's reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever you are, Democrat or Republican, mm-hmm. you had no direction. We didn't know how to how to go about this. Here in California, and I'm I'm speaking now from the point that that I had a chance through Marcus learn how other states are coping with this thing. Marcus was told that his high school season was completely canceled. He could probably have a good chance to win state state this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, that was it. So he was lucky enough to get selected into a program that continued to allow him to compete. Yeah. So we had a chance to do that at places like Alabama, mm-hmm. Texas, Florida. Florida, yeah, I was going to say okay. Florida's got to be. So so we, 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 we from California going into these places and seeing how they're running track and field meets. National ones, how they're running AU all in one facility tournaments. What I did notice is that other states have chosen to have a plan. We did not have a plan. Mm. What we did is we postponed mm. and keep postponing and keep moving and keep canceling. Yeah. Texas. For example, he's high jumping against a guy that's his same age group, actually a little younger. He's you know six nine, and the guy is an amazing high jumper, and he also plays high school for his high school team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he go, Marcus, I got to stop high jumping now because I got to report to my high school practices. Mm-hmm. Okay, there. So COVID nineteen will be like this in one week, or be like that the next week, and it's going to be like this for a while. Okay, and they're going to say, okay. Do we, how are we going to conduct that practice? So if COVID-19 has so many numbers, we're going to conduct a practice this way. Yeah. If COVID-19 has this many numbers, then we're going to have the game this way. Mm-hmm. But the game and the practice is not going to be postponed. Right. Here in California, we have an issue. And the issue is, is that the schools are not listening to the athletes or the students. The schools are really worried about a huge word that is not being talked about anything in the news, which is called liability. Mm-hmm. And so the school's main concern is making sure that they're not liable for something that could happen because now everybody's too happy. You know that. Yes. And everybody and the school district is the easiest thing you can sue. Especially in California. Especially in California. Yeah. So what's going to happen is that the school, there is no way in hell that school is going to allow anything happening that they could potentially feel and think is going to affect a potential lawsuit. In other states, you don't have that issue. Let's also touch on a couple, and a very important factor here. School districts or schools, Harwood Palace is a business. All-in-one track and field facility in Alabama is a business. So those people are in a business scenario where you can have your own protocol, like Corsite or Harwood Palace, you follow that protocol, and now you're avoiding a lawsuit. Hmm. But in the schools, you don't have that. It's not that easy. Yeah. Okay. So I will tell you that I think what this state of California has done is that in the same way they are 
proactively trying to prevent this from getting any worse. And I think they've done a good job in regards to doing that in comparison to other states. They have not had a plan to have a balance. And here's what people don't get. Uh, the pharmaceutical company that I work for manufactures drugs for atypical, what's called atypical antipsychotics. These are drugs that are set up for people that have uh, symptoms such as bipolar depression, uh, schizophrenia, and so on. Wow. Um, the real wave that people are not talking about and not um, seeing coming is the behavioral health wave. Children and kids, athletes, are going to be, if not by now, heavily affected behaviorally on the way they're going to be able to socialize and conduct through life by not being able to have avenues that they usually are used to perhaps to bring structure. Mm -hmm. When you take the structure and you take that stuff away, now you're saying, okay, now on top of that, you, I want you to open this laptop mm -hmm. and do this and, and listen to me in the classroom. You're taking away the opportunity for these kids to be able to have the only opportunity to move. Yeah. Not everybody plays for West Coast Impact. Not everybody plays for YBA. Yeah. Not everybody. So they don't have that privilege. So they don't have that. Mm -hmm. They need to have that. I think, uh, from what I understand today, the CIF and a whole bunch of administrators as well as students went to the Capitol to protest about this. Because to this day, there is no guidance right. by the governor of this state to let them let, let know, is there going to be a season, not a season, or what's going on? Imagine, I got girls in my program. I mean, you got boys and girls yeah, in yeah. your program. They're kind of wondering, what, what are we going to have a season? Yeah, that's what like, How is wondering. it possible that till this day, Texas, yeah. Louisiana, Colorado, Utah, Florida, mm -hmm. New York, yeah. Massachusetts, Atlanta, that I know for a fact have a plan. So we're going to have the game, but it's going to be like this. We're going to have the season. It's going to be like that. No parents allowed. Whatever is needed. But the kid is benefiting from participating. I think that's what's happening here. I wish there would be a balance. In regards to the core side and, 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 and Harwood Palace and so on, look, um, reality is this. As long as, if everyone, if everyone is following the right protocol that these facilities are asking you to do, you're really going to prevent a lot of this stuff from happening. Yes. The problem is, you have some people that just to make a statement, and I'm sorry, you know, I'm not going to disclose the political side that I'm in. I'm from Puerto Rico, so what the heck? I, you know, <laughs> if I'm from Puerto Rico, I could even vote. You know, so it doesn't matter. So I'm seeing, I'm telling you from what I see from the like other countries how they're literally laughing about us right now. Yeah. Uh, they're basically saying, why is it that just for you to cooperate with the situation, have your kid play a game of basketball with referees in a competitive level, why can't you just wear a mask? Mm -hmm. If you were in a mask, you're cooperating with the county. Mm -hmm. You're cooperating with the state. You you, you're making an effort to, to, to provide a venue with control yes, and safety. So, you know, uh, I also have gone to facilities where the director have told me that facility, well, I'm afraid to tell that parent to put the mask on. 
<laughs> so it kind of goes both ways yeah. on it. You know, why? Because that person probably played $10 in the gate and uh, I don't know, who, who cares? Whatever. But the fact of the matter is, at this time and place, if I go to a fast food place and I want to get me a burger, I better have a mask on. Exactly. Otherwise, they're going to get me out of there, right? That's life. So, so that's life. People, people got to understand that. So I just wish, it's a balance. I wish a balance would arrive, a balance where um, the girls from West Coast Impact or YBA could be able to know that starting on February 22nd, mm. there's going to be tryouts. When those tryouts happen, you're going to have a 27-game season in which if COVID-19 happens to be very escalated, no parents are going to be allowed. Okay. If there's if COVID-19 is really down, we might allow two or three parents per, per kid. Also, we may potentially stream some of these games for people. Yeah. So, but, but, but the kid is moving. The kid is putting staff to potentially get recruited. The kid is participating on their senior year. Um, You know, right now, you're asking with the COVID-19 thing, here's another thing that can be ignored. Survival of the fittest. You look at the NCAA. What are they doing? They're waving everybody. They're giving everybody a brand new season, no matter Mm -hmm. what you do. All those guys are catching passes from Alabama and and Oregon, playing Football right now, those kids are coming back next year. Um, so you have now all the sports, basketball, they're being waived. Yep. No matter what you play, you're going to get your year back. Yep. Okay, but what is that doing for the high school kids? The kids can't get a year back at Whitney. Yeah, no, they can't okay. get a year back anywhere else. So it seems like everybody is ignoring what potentially is going to cause, in my opinion, a bigger problem, which is going to be a whole bunch of young kids that have the ability to play at the next level or not, coming back with some serious behavioral problems that this country, I don't personally feel, are capable or either ready to tack. So we have to, we can't ignore that. Yeah, We cannot ignore that. And so I I really applaud, like yourself and Ken G, I even applaud myself, GGT, everybody out there, because in reality, you really think about it. I mean, I have no kids in the program. I'm risking my life every single day yeah. to make sure these kids are getting at a least venue, a chance a to, to play yeah. and be active. You know, um, and I just wish that the state of California would look at that and say, you know what, we should take a little bit more of leadership and guidance and assume a little bit of responsibility. If you're not going to allow the kids to play at Whitney, allowed a club to be able to use your facilities since everybody's you know, right. distancing. Yeah. No, nobody's at the school. Let that club pay your fee, but allow that student body to participate mm-hmm. through that club. And you don't have the liability in it. Yep. Again, it's just, there's so many solutions that could happen. But I think at the end, uh, my dad being an attorney, I will tell you, uh, at the end is the legal department what actually runs the school districts. Makes sense. So, so. Well then, um, no, that's great points that you added. Uh, also wanted to do a couple quick shout outs real quick too. Um wanted to give my my eighth grade team a shout out awesome. that they're at the uh, EBC camp mm-hmm. um in Anaheim this weekend. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. uh you know, shout out to you guys and EBC for putting that on because that might be one of the only big Maybe basketball it's... camps, you know, right. going on into into 2021. I mean, granted 2021 isn't super far away, but again, we don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, Jamie, uh, if you get this, especially because I know you're directing it, um, you know, a phenomenal job having that go on uh, locally. Also wanted to 
give a shout out to uh, William Jessup girls because yeah, they yeah, yeah. just played. Um, William Jessup boys played uh, Fresno State, but they got smacked. So sorry, I can't, <laughs> I can't talk to you. My son goes to Fresno State. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they, they killed them. Um, but uh, William Jessup's uh, case. Some of you guys don't know, listen, uh, William Jessup University is right down the street from uh, my location, and I actually know uh, Coach Tet, who was on our show on episode two, is the assistant uh, girls coach there, so definitely want to – they had a great game yesterday. Uh, they played against uh, University of Nevada, and uh, they only lost by one. It was 66-65, and they're kind of on a trip playing a bunch of D1s. Uh, A.C. Willis, uh, who's a girl I've trained um, here at – yeah, my program. Uh, she wasn't a YBA girl, but I've trained her a few times. She uh, she led with 15 points. Yes. Um, you know, from what I heard and saw from the highlights, it was a really competitive game. So shout awesome. out to William Jessup girls, definitely, especially because they're right down the street. So you know, yeah, and then right, right. some of them work here or been here and been a part yeah. of the clubs here. So you know, phenomenal job for you guys. Uh, our topic for respectfully disrespectful. Wanted to talk about that one before we lead out from the show. Uh, so, something I I would think you've probably seen and experienced yourself. Uh, so uh, was it last weekend? It was either last weekend or two weeks ago. West Coast Elite, which I'm sure you've heard of. You know, yeah. they're like the biggest <laughs> program out of all of us, uh, did a basketball camp uh, down in Phoenix. And they had uh, the guy, uh, Chet, who's what the number one high school recruit, yep. and Imani Bates. Uh, uh, one of your boys was there. Jaden Alexander, yeah, shout Alexander. out to Jaden. Yeah, GGT. they were there. Um, my boys went there. I have a really good 17 and 16-year group. Some yep. of my 16 boys were invited to that top, the Elite 100 camp. That's what it was called, the Elite 100. Um, but then they did their – this is the point where I wanted to talk about respectfully disrespectful because, again, on my show I like to be real about AAU right. basketball and some of the bullshit that goes on. <laughs> and this is something I've seen plenty of times, and I would assume you have as well. So they did their top 20, top 40, top 60. Uh, out of those top 60, only two kids were not West Coast Elite kids. Only two. Um, <laughs> so 58 kids out of their Elite 100 <laughs> camp – all happen to be West Coast elite kids. None of my 16 <laughs> kids, and you've seen my 16 yeah, yeah, kids yeah, like Jaden yeah. and play. Yeah. None of them made the top 60. And I wanted to talk about that kind of bullshit because I've <laughs> I've experienced it and seen it firsthand. I brought my kids to a Cali Hoops camp, and uh, the guy uh, that runs Cali Hoops, um, uh, that's the, one of the media sites, and one of the coaches there, Bracy was there, uh, yeah, yeah. and he saw it, and he even acknowledged it was some bullshit going on. Um, yeah. Because they had a top 20. Um, and like Anthony, who's at Prolific Prep, my nephew, he, he plays for Prolific Prep, yeah, their cool. AAU program, right? Cool. He didn't make their top 20. No, for yeah, real? Yeah, he didn't make their top wow. The kid that went for Prolific Prep, but they had an eighth grader. They had like an eighth grader that made their damn kid, <laughs> made their top 20. Politics. But because of the guy that was helping to run the Cali Hoops thing is uh, Demo. I, I, I don't remember his name, but he calls himself Coach Demo. Um, these were his guys that made this. And so for my, I, but keep in mind, I brought, I brought 23 kids to their camp Damn. and more than any other coach there. Exactly. <laughs> and only four of my guys made it. And my kid who now plays for prolific prep, AAU program, uh, my nephew who's six, seven, you know, athletic, whatever, Jeez. didn't make their top 20. <laughs> So I just wanted to kind of talk about that kind of bullshit if you've seen it oh, with these Oh, I want to elaborate kids. on that so much. <laughs> I'm so glad you bring that up. I, I, I got a message to all the parents 
that are listening to this. Actually, I will extend this message to all the kids that might be listening to this for AU. That specific crap is what causes a distrust on the AU circuit. Yes. Let me just tell you, first of all, I think everybody should get educated in here. AU is not a government body. Let's get that right from the bat. Legally, they're not a government body. AAU is an organization, nonprofit, by the way, that is able to provide avenues and venues to kids to play at whatever level they choose to play. We can call it elite, mid, low level. It is a great thing that I wish when I was a young kid, I had. There was no AAU called BD Basketball. Tried something like that, but it didn't work that way. Okay. I get tons of emails coming in from my parents when I did the Wildcats, even parents of other clubs that know some of my parents about this ranking stuff. <laughs> okay. So first of all, there is no ranking. Exactly. Ranking of what? Okay. You're not a government body. Second of all, let's be a little bit smarter. Parents, a little bit smarter here. How many Thousands and thousands of kids are playing basketball in this country from the East Coast to the West Coast. For you to think that you actually have the best eighth grader in the country. I love hearing that. Oh, the He's the number one seventh, seventh grader. grader. He's the, the number one sixth grader sixth in the country. In I said, country. How, how did I mean, you vote that? I mean, I, I, think, I think parents, it's is, is a combination of they, they, they want to be on that kid's, they want to make sure that kid achieved the dreams that he have. And so for that, they're so gullible, they fall into that. And it's same same thing, we in AAU are the ones that got ourselves in that predicament by providing those venues and lying to people, in other words. Okay, so when I see tournaments and I see, oh, we got the top 25 in the West Coast <laughs> participating in here. Wait a minute, what, 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 what are you talking about? <laughs> Who made you a ranking body to say you're in the top 25? I go to the extent on this. And I'm not going to mention names. And <laughs> You're better than me. Because I'm not going to mention <laughs> names. Because, because it's actually to the point that actually the NCAA have actually applied some of these, these methods to make money. And that's what gets me upset. First of all, you got now people saying, okay, um, we would like to invite you to top 20 or 30 or 100 elite camp. Okay. I don't know. When you played, when I played, if somebody recognizes me in the top 100, here's your airfare. Mm -hmm. Here's your gear. Mm -hmm. Let's show up. Yeah. True that. Okay. If you weren't lucky enough to be selected into that, sorry. Yeah, Try work, next time. Exactly. Work ass harder. Why are these so-called elite camps are costing the elite players money? That's the first question, parents out there, listen, please open your ears. Second thing is, since when are we now people that can say, I am going to be a, a, a scout for NCAA teams? Okay, let's, let's get this straight. You might scout for baseball teams in the NFL. You have scouts for the NBA. They might send their folks to Europe and scout some players and you see them on the draft. Yes. Since when a four-year coach mm -hmm. 
is has any budget to go ahead and say, um, Bobby, I want you to be the scout and tell me whatever you see on that player is what I'm going to get in my program anyway. So I'm going to pay you to do that all over the country. <laughs> and I see so many, oh, come to the showcase scouting. We have free scouting and top scouting in the country. And parents believe that. Mm -hmm. so then I, I put this scout on the spot. When they invite my girls, I say, yeah. okay, so you're a scout for who? Right. Oh, uh, no. Well, I'm a scout for, well, you know, my word, your word, where do you play? <laughs> your word, where do you coach? Exactly. <laughs> oh, but you know, here's what happens, coach. Okay, so, and, and, and respectfully, I want them to teach me what their business model is. Mm. Parents, listen to what the business model is. You're going to go ahead and pay money. You're going to go play up and down with some jerseys that said whatever with a 113 in the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You're going to get filmed. You're going to pay probably $150. $50 out of that is going to go to where you own highlight reel, mm -hmm. which, by the way, the people that made the highlight reel sometimes, very few know. The other ones, I see highlight reels. They're not even putting a highlight reel together for you to get scouted the right way. They don't put any defense. They don't put any rebounds. No, all, all they your, do is check and dunks. All, all your buckets. And dunks. <laughs> and, then, and then on top of that, I really need. And, then on, <laughs> and then on top of that, and then on top of that, um, they go ahead and say, well, the college coach is going to pay me $300 to access that, page, that person's profile. Mm. And I want to, please, parents, don't be gullible, understand this. Right now with COVID-19 and the budget and money, yeah. what makes you think that a regular D1, low D1, NAIA, Division II has got money to go ahead and pay people several times $400 to access a website to see a person? Nah. It is absolutely mind-blowing when I get parents asking me, is this okay? I educate, if you're a good director of a AAU program, Please educate your parents on what not to fall for. Yes. Because that is that that makes brings so much credibility to your program. Yes. You might not have the best athletes, but they know that you are safe with someone that got the best interest for you. Nobody just wants to make money out of you. Yes. So so yeah, I mean it is amazing when you mention that because I hear that story oh, and I've seen it so many times. All the and time. guess in people. Joe Keller. I will remind everybody. Go on Google. Oh, no huh? Huh? You know huh? I know him. You know I know Joe. <laughs> uh -huh. Just, just West, we go way uh, back. The phenom kid. Uh -huh. Go, go, go on Google. Joe Keller, and go ahead and Google his book. I'm glad that he came out with that. I'm, I'm glad that book was written. Yep. I understand Joe Keller's mindset and business. It's nothing wrong with it. What he was trying to do was something different. But the way how it was done is was something that you get educated and understand. There are clubs out there that are not doing such things. Yeah. There are clubs out there that are not sending kids and paying them $300. I finished with this one. I had a university coach just call me last week. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mention name, neither university. This person says, sends me a letter. The letter says, hey, Coach Chelpy with this COVID-19 situation, Okay, I'm reading. It's been very difficult for us to recruit. Got you. I understand that. For that reason, um, I am actually would like to invite uh, 
some of your players to come in to a specific camp that I'm putting together just for my school to be a recruit athlete. I go, wow, well, what an, what an amazing idea that is. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, she's that, that person's coming outside the box. Right. Okay. So I decided to call. Before I called, I got a message from three of my players that received the same letter that actually were literally copy and paste, <laughs> but just changed the first name from coach to name of the athlete and saying, I want you to come over here because Man, I really, okay. So much. Then you click on it and you say it's $250. Hmm. So I go, okay, great. Okay. Okay. I got, I got you because a lot of now these days it's not easy for low level schools or four year schools to make budget and money. So yes. th sometimes they want to be able to bring the athletes and make a little money out of that better than not having a program at all. So yeah. I respect that sometimes. But then what's interesting is when I call that coach hmm. and I said, okay, so talk to me about the players on my roster. She could mention one. Yeah. So I'm going like, you couldn't mention one. Meanwhile, I had in my other phone three letters that went from this person to my athletes addressed personally to their name. Hmm. So parents and kids, if you're listening out there, truly understand that if you are paying for something for you to somehow get recruited, mm -hmm. understand that you're going to be going in with many other kids doing the same understand that somebody's making money out of it. That's the purpose of it. Yeah. And understand and be realistic to yourself, knowing that you may go there, but you may never get a call back. Yep. Because reality is, it's what is called in the AAU world, a catacall. Yeah. And so it gets me very upset when I see kids' dreams put into, the kids don't know any better, so they go, oh, I'm going to recruit it. Yep. I'm going to go to the top. 200 in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, what the heck? Okay, so the question that I have is that organization, what are they and who are they to say that they are having the top 100 athletes according to them? Yes. Are there ESPN? Nope. Are there ESPN 7, 6, 5, 4, Hispanic ESPN? No. So who are they for them to actually say that these athletes are the ones this and, and then the question is, are true coaches really looking at that? As an assistant coach, I will tell you this. In college, this is what I did. When I got those typical profile things that came in, um, you know, Bobby, whatever, you know, uh, he's interested in coming to Sonal Community College. I go like, okay, uh, here's also his profile, whatever. And I go like, okay, delete. Right. That's delete. what I tell. That's what delete. I tell. Delete. A lot of delete. People. Athletes need to go ahead. Do you want to get truly recruited now these days? And for the record, you know, you, we've been in basketball all over the United States, uh, but Sacramento basketball is not like yeah, it's not top power in the country. Yeah, <laughs> so, he he literally he literally recorded me saying yeah. that shit to my <laughs> team. Remember that? And I was saying that shit to my. I said, "You from Sac?" Yeah. I said, "You're not even from Sac. You're from Rockland. <laughs> you not nobody's coming to Rockland looking for talent." I've exactly. said that to my kids. Exactly. Like so, you have to fight that much harder. If you one thing that we do at Impact is I spend. With the girls are in ninth grade going up, about two or three hours with the parents, educating them about the recruiting process, basically with this message. You got to go get to get recruited. You can't wait for you to get recruited. And here's the right way of doing that. 
And if, if you educate them enough, you bypass these issues you just went through. Because what gets me upset about it is you have kids that actually pay for airfares. You got kids that went over there having this dream. They're definitely way better than some of those kids that got selected. Yeah. But then a selection of what? Right. I mean, let's, let's, what's the name of the organization again? Which, uh, West Coast Elite. West Coast Elite. Yeah. Okay. okay, West Coast Elite. Well, we've seen West Coast Elites through my 18 years, and I've seen many other AU programs that are just like that disappear, I mean, and coming in and coming out, and you only have the same ones always consistently with the soldiers and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Crompton, Crompton yeah. uh, and, and all, the, all those guys. They stayed consistently on that. Yeah. But the other ones that go up, Wildcats organization, we used to be a powerhouse. Where are they now? Right. So who, who are we to judge these people? Talk to a coach. Let them know what the skill set is and get it going versus spending that. Uh, so it, it makes me very sad to hear what you just said, mm-hmm. but it's something that is happening very often. Absolutely. All right. Well, then I'm uh, going to go give my last couple shout outs and then I guess we'll be out of here. Mark, you got anything to no, add to no, anything? I'm I know just, you've I'm been listening. Everything yeah, up. no, you're hearing two years. Every time Joe yeah. talks, you and I'm Marcus are listening to everything. two coaches talk about all this coaching <laughs> shit. Like, that's basically <laughs> what you're hearing I'm right just now. Taking notes. No. So, no, this is this is the type of dialogue we want. I want to do my, my last shout outs for um, Anthony, my nephew. Uh, again, he was in Phoenix this past weekend. He was doing the. Uh, the prep school bubble stuff cool, they've been cool. doing yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. um, you know, I'm just really proud of him. He's just, uh, he's, he's about to, he has his, uh, start his junior year at Whitney. Um, so he's, he's, you know, been he's working really, good. yeah, he's right. Good, you bro. saw the highlights. He's working really hard yeah. and I'm just really Still. proud of him. So I just wanted him to know that. And then just another shout out to Joe, uh, also for those, um, who might uh, want to check out, I'm, been started off this like little documentary series thing cool. on YouTube, uh, showing kind of the process for like what we do in terms of mm-hmm. being a director slash coach and the many different hats we wear and kind of trying to show the ins and outs of that. So I've been, uh, uh, the, the guy who's been helping me do it is, uh, Joe Baines. He does, uh, JB productions, but, um, definitely just wanted to get you guys, uh, my audience out there to please check that out. I think you'll get some great insight, especially the parents that I know listen and watch our show a lot. Uh, you know, I, a, a lot of people, um, one thing I give like credit to Coach K, right? For instance, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is a a very very good marketer. Like, you know, when he does his interviews and and people talk to him on those specials, and he comes across as this real like calm, quiet guy <laughs> and just real lovable. Like, oh, that's Coach K, but people don't really know that this guy's a fucking asshole when it comes down to it. Like, if you're, I've, I have friends who went to Duke and shit like that and they've told me, they like, bro, he curses you out just like anybody. So, right, you know what I'm saying? So I give credit if you can kind of market and navigate that field. Because, again, if you see him in interviews and stuff, he looks just like this wholesome family guy. Like, oh, Coach, yeah. he has to be great. And, again, he's a great coach. No no knocking on anything he does. But, you know, um, if if parents really want to get a good insight of what real coaching is like, and, and, and what I mean by real coaching is, yes, telling you when your kid isn't playing well, when you're – when you see, right. yeah, sometimes your kid might be – need to get lit the fuck up because they're not performing at the potential they need to. Uh, it's just a little small eight to 10 minute episodes, mm-hmm. but um, I think it will give you all some good information um, out there to see kind of what the process is and what we're doing. So with all that being said, I would definitely wanted to uh, thank you guys for being here. 
This is this is my this is our longest episode. Yeah. I know, this is a lot, lot of knowledge. Exactly. Of no, knowledge. no, and this was great. Like I'm oh. glad because a lot of a lot of people listen to our episodes little by little. They don't listen to yeah. one one yeah. big thing. Right. But um, having both you guys here, having a father son duo was great. Like that was a good idea, Mark. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. But no, I, I I wanted to say thank you guys again for being here, big time. They really it really is appreciated. I think people see more and more. Uh, me, Mark, and Ty really try to put a lot of effort into the show. Mm-hmm. If if you couldn't tell, like yeah. we really, this is a passion project of mine because uh, I really want people to get a get a voice out there, and and I think the AU world just needs a voice. You know yep. what I mean? Because yep. you know, uh, uh, God rest his soul. You know, Kobe Bryant at first initially felt like screw AU I you know I don't like AU but then think about how heavily he got invested with his daughter you know and how big that was uh, it shows that th- this thing can be a really great thing if Put done right. properly right yep. you know what I mean yep. so I, I, I really appreciate having your guys's perspective it, it helps sure. a lot um, Mark you got anything to add no again just want to say thank you uh, Marcus good luck keep working all right, sure, uh, Team USA, Olympics, Coach Jopi, thank you. Uh, like any girls out there, West Coast Impact is one of the best girls programs, especially in our area. And again, like I said, thank you for being a mentor and everything like that. So, and again, all the all the links and stuff uh, for your program will definitely be uh, in the bio. So if people want to check awesome. you out and yeah. check out all that, we're going to have all that there for you. Again, please uh, hit us up. Feel free to hit us up on social media if you have suggestions for future episodes or anything like that, or just want to voice your opinion. You could tell us we suck. We don't care. I just <laughs> hey, like, let me know your opinion, man. That's a- <laughs> haters. Where the haters at? Exactly. We're we're fine with that. Um, um, but no, uh, again, uh, we appreciate anybody who's listening. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit that follow button. One small click for you helps us big time. And I think that's it. And we're out. Sir.